Fantastic. And it's a bit of a different show today. Um, obviously, the national team is um, uh, preparing for the World Test Championships, the IPL. Well, we know what's happening, uh, what has happened there, but there's still quite a bit to talk about. But also, we're going to add a bit of a different element to the show because we've got the two best minds of cricket. So I thought, let's test them out. So we've created a bit of a quiz for them. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, really test their knowledge of, um, in this case, I did give them a bit of a heads up, just so everybody knows that, that it, they might have had time to prepare. It was around the IPL, but um, when I was doing the uh, research for the qu questions, a couple of things did uh, surprise me when I looked back. Uh, and the other thing I asked both the gentlemen was to rank their top moments of Indian cricket, from my opinion. Obviously, when I share the list with yourselves, the listeners and viewers, you might say, you know, a couple of these events you missed out on. Please share if we've missed out on a couple of uh, wins and historic moments in Indian cricket that you think should have been included in, uh, included in the top 10, because you can never please everybody or, you know, some people's memories of certain moments are different. So, you know, when you hear the top 10 and you think, oh, you should have included this, please, please let us know. But before we start the show, I'll just share the 10 moments of uh, cricket that I asked Prasan and Shashwat to rank in their opinion, uh, which they ranked number one. So the list I gave them was the World Cup win in 1983, the World Cup win in 2011, the Champions Trophy win in 2013, the T20 World Cup win in 2007, the first ever test win uh, in 1952 against the West Indies, the second test versus Australia in 97-98. Uh, the second test versus the West Indies in 1971. Very, very memorable. Uh, the fourth test versus Australia just recently. So, you know, in January, how can anybody or will anybody ever forget that? The Nat West Trophy versus England in 2002. That's still fresh in my memory. Certainly when I see some of the pictures, which is quite iconic, especially one of them, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. And the third test versus England in 1971. Um, so in a way, it's good that we've got so many great moments um, through the years that Indian cricket has given us. And, um, you know, like I said, this is only my list of 10, but there are many, many more. But before we see what the guys have come up with in terms of how they've ranked these moments, uh, let's talk about a couple of things that have happened in cricket recently. Uh, the latest one... Um, I'm going to start with yourself um, in terms of asking the ECB, although the ECB have denied it, of uh, changing the series, test series in September, October to allow the IPL. Are they just testing the waters or do you think that's a serious consideration at the moment that the BCCI have and how desperate they are to complete this, this year's IPL? 
Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that they definitely want to conduct the IPL, you know, because obviously uh, there's a lot of financial aspect that comes with the IPL. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's no harm in conducting it, I think, uh, considering that we will have some uh, buffer time between the World Cup and the England series. Um, and I think considering that they've uh, sort of sold out, I'm, I'm guessing, the first three days of the Manchester Test, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if BCCI does everything in its power to sort of make sure that they can somehow uh, fit in the IPL in a period after the series and before the World E20. So, uh, whether it happens in England or it happens in UAE will be uh, a matter of discussion because if the World E20 also happens in UAE, then uh, we're looking at probably the IPL happening in UAE itself because I think the PSL has got clearance to take place there. So, a lot of variables involved, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, BCCI goes out, goes all out to sort of make sure that the IPL happens. Well, by the sound of it, um, they are. Uh, I've not heard anything official, and I was uh, looking at uh, yesterday's um, sports programs here, and the ECB were saying they've not received the formal request. Sheshwat, good idea from the BCCI? Uh, you can completely understand why the BCCI wants to fit some sort of the IPL within whatever window that they can find. But from a player's perspective and from a general perspective, I don't think it is the wisest idea because that would just be too much of cricket. And uh, if the IPL is to take place in the UAE, that would mean that the PSL, the IPL and then potentially the T20 World Cup would all be held in the UAE. So that could have a drastic effect on the way the pitches are, the ground is maintained when the ICC T20 World Cup comes around. Which, as things stand, the BCCI has hosting rights for. And even though it might not be able to conduct it in India, it needs to ensure that everything is in pristine condition if it takes the tournament over to the UAE. So, I feel that the BCCI is getting a little too impatient with uh, wanting to schedule the IPL. And uh, if the financial aspects are kept aside for a moment, I don't think that would be the best thing that could happen to all these players who would then be on the verge of a burnout come the T20 World Cup. No, 100% agree. Um, I think it's the uh, the profit and loss account that is on top of the mind by the sound of it with the BCCI. But I hope, um, and we've said it, we've talked about it before, but I just wanted your thoughts. I mean, my personal opinion, which doesn't really matter, but I hope it doesn't happen. I think uh, the players deserve that little bit, of, although they'll have a break in July. But uh, hopefully they'll be given time to prepare for what will be a very big tournament, the T20 World Cup. And, um, you know, you don't want last minute injuries or, you know, loss of confidence or something like that with some of our top players. So it's a story that we'll see uh, how it develops and knowing the power of the BCCI, if they want something, uh, chances are they'll probably get it. But something that I found... um, a positive, really, but I'll take your thoughts on this. And uh, this is uh, the tour of Sri Lanka that's been announced for players. I'm assuming that won't be in England because that'll be just a nightmare in terms of COVID safety and uh, what have you. But um, I'll share my thoughts later. But uh, Prasant, what are your thoughts on having this extra tour that the BCCC have created? I mean, we've talked a lot about the bank strength of Indian cricket and the players that we have available Um and I think this is a brilliant opportunity. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if the 2021 series against Australia is anything to go by, or that win rather in the final test, I think India's second string or third string side is com- comfortably going to beat any other uh, team that's out there. And I think this is a perfect exa- uh, opportunity to sort of uh, test the waters and try and figure out what sort of a role players need to get into. Um, because like you mentioned, uh, most of the players in the senior team will be playing in that uh, England tour. So, 
Uh, of course, all of them won't be available. And this just means that we'll have to give opportunities to some fringe players, um, those who have done well in the IPL to sort of give them an opportunity and see how they go. Um, of course, I think uh, we're also hearing reports that this might be a way to sort of finalize the T20 squad considering there won't be much T20 action if the IPL doesn't take place. So, uh, it's a good opportunity to test a lot of players. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how Hardik Pandya, Shikhar Dhawan, all of these guys uh, take up the roles because I think there's, there's a lot of um, ambiguity about the roles that they're going to play in the World T20. So, uh, I, I think it's a good move. Uh, anyway, these players wouldn't have been doing anything otherwise. So, might as well try and uh, keep them in shape ahead of the World T20. Just what I mean, I said, you know, uh, that I thought it wasn't a bad idea because we've been talking about the bench strength, but um, I don't think I've heard of, um, you know, two tours by a cricket nation. I mean, you obviously hear of the A tours that go on, but this is something quite unique. And um, India's got the bench strength, like we've said before. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? And do you see this is going to happen a bit more? Because also, don't forget, this is a financially beneficial to not only the Sri Lankans, but the BCCI as well, because they'll get good um, commercial uh, activity on the back of this tour as well. Uh, so, I feel the series is a very, very good opportunity for a lot of people to actually prove uh, their worth. And considering that this won't be an A tour and this would be a proper international picture, the stakes are quite different which will actually help the team management also to identify what these players may be able to do if called into the t20 fold and uh, as you mentioned uh, we live in very unprecedented times and uh, if the south africa australia test series had gone ahead i think australia would also have been in a similar situation where one of their teams would have been playing the t20 series in new zealand whereas the big players before let's say Steve Smith, Marnas Labushen, David Warner, these people would have been playing the test series against South Africa. So, I think this is something that might start happening a lot more. Each country having two different levels to play against two different teams in two different formats because there are a lot of logistical concerns with the COVID pandemic around and until and unless this pandemic gets uh, drops in severity, I don't think it is very feasible for these players to keep travelling from one bubble to the other. Uh, what you, you know, you quite rightly said earlier when we were talking about trying to um, fit in the IPL um, in September and the impact it would have on the burnout of our national team players. Is this a way where, you know, we've all, all said in the past few years, you know, the cricket calendar is pretty much 365 days now uh, with all the tours and travelling and what have you. This might be a way of reducing the pressures on the top level players moving forward, not just because of this year and the year we've had, but in the future, this could be one way of um, avoiding that. Uh, so, when the world is uh, back to how we knew it was before 2019, I think a lot of things will change. So, firstly, these cricketers won't want to forego all the financial aspects that come with representing India or just the feeling of representing India because that is a proud moment and international cricketers even though they might not want to admit it, would know that they have a small shelf life, shelf life which would, which can come to an end due to an injury or a catastrophic loss in form. So, in under normal circumstances, players might not mind playing cricket continuously, but because we have the system of bio bubbles in place these days, it is getting a lot more tedious for these cricketers to keep going to different countries, keep 
give themselves quarantine for let's say 10 days 14 days or depending on whichever country they are touring and then play cricket most of the times with their families back home having no idea how their families might be suffering in india which is a hot spot for covid 19 so i think that is why the uh, yardsticks or the aspects have changed a little in these times but under normal circumstances i don't think a lot of cricketers would have minded playing the world test championship in Eng- final in england then going to sri lanka playing the odis and t20s and then coming back to england to play the test matches oh so you think the players would have preferred that uh i feel the players would prefer anything without a bio bubble because the bio bubble takes a lot out of you just because a lot of movement is restricted and you are only confined in one space you only have to keep thinking about the game though that is probably beneficial when you are at the top of your game if you are not enduring such a good run that becomes something that you can't even run away from because you are consigned to that very space so yes if the world was as we knew it was before 2019 i don't think the players would have minded traveling let's say 250 days or 300 days a year to play cricket interesting because um personally you know i was thinking when i heard this that you know just like i asked uh, shashwat uh, do you see more of this happening in the future um and having two teams touring at the same time two first teams in recognized uh, icc uh, formats rather than just friendlies or atos um because obviously um while it's good for us uh, do you think it's doing a bit of a disservice to i mean the likes of tours that i'm thinking of are to obviously sri lanka but bangladesh uh, zimbabwe this uh, the minor countries um it, it is a bit of a, them not seeing the uh, top top team uh, stars from indian cricket or how do you foresee the future and yeah i think it's a bit of that and also i think uh, has to do quite a bit of uh, broadcasting as well because i don't think star would want to broadcast a series which doesn't involve virat kohli rohit sharma if they're away on a test series and uh, you know you're playing with a second string side i don't think it bodes well for the broadcasters and uh, you know obviously india is a cricket crazy country and uh, the ecb have taken to it very well and i think uh, other countries might take a leaf out of their book but i don't think that's something that india can afford right now uh considering the stature of the players that are in the indian team because uh i mean we've played sri lanka umpteen number of times and i don't think anyone's interested right now uh we probably have interest only because it's the world cup here otherwise i don't think people would have probably um had much of an interest in the series but having said that i think we'll still need to groom players to the level of bumrah rohit kohli otherwise we're probably never going to have that much of an interest if we have two separate teams so uh while it's a good idea i think uh, ecb ecb have done really well to sort of separate the players and give them very specific roles i don't think it'll work too well in the indian structure considering that uh, uh, you know you have an 11 who are really worshiped and respected and sort of taken to as uh, role models and apart from them you obviously have like probably 100 other people but they're not as big as in stature as these guys so i don't think it'll work too much for the future Yeah, the, the the only worry I have as well, Shashwat, uh, is that um, you know we know the power of uh, the BCCI, and um, there's a trio together with Australia and England, and the perception is well, it's not more than a perception that these three control pretty much everything that happens in cricket, and uh, with tours like this, the gap between those top three and the rest will even widen. Uh, so i think as far as the cricketing aspects are concerned uh, the widening of the gap is something that uh, perhaps can't be controlled by these three because you so let's say when we are talking about south africa so south africa have recently 
dug their own grave due to the administrative issues that they've had, the team selections that they do, and the kind of captaincy decisions they've made, especially in these mm. past couple of years since Pap Duplessis has stepped down. So on that front, maybe on the difference or the difference between the top three and the others can't really be put down to cricketing reasons because that is something that is cyclical. As far as administrative issues are concerned, I think yes, it might help a lot more for the uh, top three or as you say, Australia, England, and India to keep playing against the lower ranked sides. But then again, when if you talk about the financial angle, they might not find it too feasible to not have series that involves one of these or two of these three going up against each other because if you see at See, our calendar, the Indian cricketing calendar, since 2018, we played, we are going to play England for the second time in three years in England. England has come to India in, in the, at the start of this year. We went, we have gone to Australia twice. Australia had come to India in 2017-18. So, these kinds of series obviously attract a lot more attention. And this I'm talking only about the test format. If you talk about the ODIs and T20s, you had England... India, Australia are touring each other a lot more times and that is probably because it generates more revenue and it is a little, uh, I don't want to draw comparisons with the European Super League but you can understand the rationale behind them wanting to keep playing against each other because that generates the maximum amount of interest, maximum amount of revenue and unfortunately it just comes at the cost of those that are lagging behind. Yeah, no, fair point. And um, especially about the administrations in some of the uh, other countries. Uh, what? why is the news or the um, the headlines around Dravid making news in terms of him becoming uh, the coach for this, potentially the coach? I'm not sure if it's been confirmed. You'll be able to tell me whether it has or not. But why is that making news uh, back home? Uh, so, first of all, uh, before uh, we toured, Austra- before India toured Australia last year, Ravi Shastri's position as head coach was under quite a lot of scrutiny because prior to the coronavirus pandemic, he just lost to, to New Zealand and that too, we, we failed to win any game in the longest format. So, for quite a while, Ravi Shastri's position has been under question. So, people have looked upon Rahul Dravid as someone who can probably become the proper link at the top of the food chain, if you want to call it. And probably form a good partnership with Virat Kohli. So, everyone is quite expectant, has a lot of anticipation regarding how Rahul Dravid will perform, not just because he is he has been one of the best batsmen that India has produced, but also because he has done quite a good work with the NCA, with the India A teams and with the India Under-19 teams. So, it is more about people wanting to see if he can make that step up because and because of his uh, cricketing achievements, he will always have a soft corner among the Indian fans. And I think that is what has made the potential appointment of a head coach such a big news that it has been dominating the back pages for the best part of the week. Do you think uh, Prasan Ravi should be worried? I don't think so because uh, Rahul Dravid has been pretty open, uh, you know, uh, having said that uh, he doesn't want to take up the senior team role. Um, He has been offered the role before. Uh, We've had quite a couple of uh, experts coming on our show on Sportskeeda saying that Dravid has turned down the offer quite a few times. Uh, he's wanted to focus on the NCA and you know uh, developing youngsters, and I think that's something that's worked out really well for him. We we can't count the number of youngsters who have uh, come out of the Open and said that uh, Dravid has really you know transformed their game to a different extent altogether. 
So I think like Shashwat mentioned, obviously Dravid has a separate fan base altogether. Uh, he's not been in the thick of things for a long time. So I think people really want to see Dravid on screen. It's more about um, wanting to see how he can work with these guys. Uh, it's obviously going to be a new role as well. So uh, it'll be something different for him. Um, so I think it's a mix of a lot of things and I'm really excited for it. I hope it comes true. But uh, for Ravi Shastri, I don't think he has to be worried at all. After that Australia series win, I don't think he's going anywhere. But, you know, it's good that we've got this um, talent uh, in the coaching front because, you know, coaching is not the priority of a lot of uh, former internationals, but Dravid has certainly made his mark. And like you say, Prasan, uh, the number of young players that have come through the academy and um, the uh, support he's given to the A-Tours, uh, the credentials are there. And, um, you know, you say he's turned it down. Hopefully, uh, in the near future, if Ravi wins the, well, I say Ravi wins the T20 World Cup, it might be uh, a good time to change. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But just, um, it's good that the focus is on who the head coach will be on this tour, uh, which normally wouldn't gather any uh, newsprint, I'm sure. Uh, but on a post, another positive note, um, I'll start with you, Prasan, is the news that the Indian women's team are going to play the first ever pink ball test in Australia. Yeah, I'm absolutely excited for it. But while I say that, I also have quite a few reservations. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think over the last few months, what's happened is that BCCI have uh, find, found themselves in quite a bit of trouble. Um, especially given the fact that they've cancelled so many tours for the women's team. And uh, now that the women will be touring England, I think they wanted something else to keep them going until September, November, um, until the IPL happens and then people or the World Tour happens and people don't really care anymore. So I think uh, what's happening is they've announced the pink ball test. I think it's a fantastic step for women's cricket. But the problem is there's no blueprint uh, laid out, you know, to ensure that they're prepared for the match um, because it's one thing to announce the match and it's another thing to get them prepared and, you know, make them competitive because uh, we're, we're going to play, be playing against England and then we're going to be playing the pink ball test against Australia. So, they're two massive, massive teams and it's not like we're going to be playing any of the minnows uh, and you can take it lightly. So, I'm hoping that there's a proper blueprint laid out so that the women are prepared for the match. But having said that, I think it's a, right, it's a step in the right direction. Um, women's cricket needs to be heroed a lot more and hopefully the upcoming tour and, of course, the pink ball test also uh, helps a helps in a major way to sort of uh, promote women's cricket. Absolutely. And Sashwat, I mean, uh, we always talk about the men's team, obviously, but this is going to be an uh, important time for the Indian women's team. They've got a series against England and then they go to Australia for, uh, for a series. Um, what's the coverage like back home uh, for these tours? Um, you know, what's the um, feeling amongst the, the supporters and what have you? Because we know how talented team we have got. Um, and the BCCI, like Prasant says, is not always stepped up. Well, it's not the only federation, sports federation that hasn't stepped up when it comes to uh, women's uh, teams. Uh, but uh, a big year, and hopefully the coverage will reflect that in the media and in the public. So over the past couple of years, we've had a lot more coverage of women's cricket. Uh, just before the T20 World Cup in 2020, uh, the women in blue played the tri-series in Australia, if I'm not wrong. So, even that was telecast and even the recent home series against South Africa, which South Africa convincingly won, was also telecast. So, coverage is definitely on the up. And with regards to the pink ball test, I also have a few reservations. So, primarily that would revolve around the number of test matches in particular or the number of red ball games that uh, our Indian players have played recently. 
So if you see, it has been quite a while since the Indian women's team last played a test match. So to burden them suddenly with two five-day games, that two against two of the best uh, nations in the women's sport is a bit of a bit of an ask, and I feel that might be a little unfair on the players because it could also have a domino effect. So. right now women's cricket is growing the popularity is also growing people are more invested in watching it but if you go play in australia the pink ball test obviously will gain a lot of coverage but if the performance of our team is not as good then in india people are quite quick to jump the gun and then completely abandon the ship so from that view point i would rather have seen the indian women's team play limited overs games against australia because that is a front that we've been competing against them very well over the past few years and i would have liked them to have played a lot more test matches before actually jumping on to the pink ball bandwagon and playing that particular game and as far as the team is concerned uh, i am personally very happy that ramesh pawar has been reappointed as coach i feel that he wasn't quite he wasn't given the credit he deserved when he was sacked post the the 20 world cup in 2018 on the back of uh, the controversy with mithali raj and the accusations that were labeled from both sides so on that front i feel this uh, is a time for ramesh pawar to redeem himself and from what he has done in the coaching field since that debacle it also tells us that he is a good coach and our indian approach will also benefit a lot with him at the helm Yeah, absolutely. And Prasant, last like uh, Shashwat mentioned, it's been a six, seven years since we played um, a test, a women's test, um, our national team. Um, I, we know they're brilliant in the uh, white ball. Is there much red ball cricket in women's sport domestically? Or is there any? Absolutely not. Um, we're actually like uh, you know sort of uh, doing a breakthrough story, which will hopefully come out in a day or two. um the women in uh, in the domestic circuit have actually been pretty vocal about how uh, they haven't had any red ball matches at all um and i mean in some sense it is certainly understandable um, you know the bcci hasn't made any money in terms of uh, red ball cricket or you know test cricket for women but having said that i think uh, a lot of tours could have been planned in the past um all that we had was obviously limited overs cricket and we did make the final which is a big thing i think um, that was a massive achievement for the women's team and uh, a lot of cricketers got recognition from that um, but having said that i think uh, the the amount of red ball cricket that's being played in the domestic circuit uh, is absolutely zero right now you know uh, maybe a handful uh, but there isn't a tournament that uh, the women can take part in and i think a little bit of the blame also has to go on the senior players because if you look at the men's uh, team you know they've been pretty vocal about how they want practice matches how they want more matches how they want to play the best amount of cricket but uh, the women unfortunately have taken to twitter and thank bcci saying um, you know thanks for the chartered flights thanks for the two matches you've organized so i think that's that's in a way sort of putting themselves down because um i mean i i don't think you'd see virat kohli go on twitter and thank bcci for arranging a chartered flight so um something is certainly wrong there i think um, although it, they are taking you know the right calls and they're making an effort to promote women's cricket i think it should be a, it should be done a lot better having said that as well if you look at the test match that's going to happen against england uh, day 3 and day 4 of the test match it's going to clash with the world test championship so um all all i'm saying is if you're trying might as well give it to your 100% Yeah, absolutely. And one of the tests will be, I think, I've I've heard calls that the uh, players want some sort of uh, pink ball cricket before they go to Australia, a uh, domestic tournament of some kind. 
Um, so we'll see how serious the BCCI is. I mean, in uh, women's sport, we know in India, the, the federations do have to take a hit commercially. But considering the benefits we get, and especially, you know, whenever the Indian women's team uh, win a tournament or get to the final, you see all the the uh, presidents and board members all all there on the uh, you know the stands all, uh, taking part of the uh, glory as well so um some things hopefully will change although i've been talking about this for about two years and nothing's changed that much uh, but we'll see what happens uh, but um looking forward to those two test series and the, is the series uh, uh, odi and t20 series against australia and england i think um hopefully we'll be able to give justice to it certainly on this podcast um, in terms of um, the uh, the bubble and the World uh, Test Championships, uh, we're getting a little bit closer. I have to say the weather is it's been raining pretty much every single day, a bit probably like uh, you guys back home. And the conditions, we'll see what they are in the Rose Bowl. But in terms of preparation, what have you? Um, how do you think that's going, uh, Sheshworth? Uh I think uh, <clears throat> so. By I know for a fact that these Indian players have started gathering in Mumbai and have started with their mandatory quarantine. So with them starting the mandatory quarantine in India for ten days, if I'm not wrong, there is a lot of quarantine period before now and before today and the time they get back on the field to actually practice. And that is perhaps the only worry that I have is we might not get a lot of practice before the test match. And uh, in the Virat Kohli and Ravi Shastri era, we have been notoriously slow starters, often losing the first test of series against the top side. So I really hope that that doesn't come back to bite us. But apart from that, uh, yes, I would have ideally liked the practice game, especially now that the IPL has also been put off and it was put off at the start of May. So a three-day game or let's say even a two-day game where the ballers and the batters get a, get a good run out just to gauge the conditions would have been ideal. But then again, these COVID norms make a lot of things non-feasible. And is the um, excitement building back home, Prasan? Or not yet? We'll wait for day yeah, one. Yeah, it certainly is. I think um, it's it's certainly like a big deal for us. Obviously, you know, the World Test Championship, the first of its kind. Uh, nothing's ever happened before. We've won, we've won all forms of cricket in terms of the World Cup, if you, uh, if you have it. So... Um, I think the World Test Championship is a massive thing. I, uh, you can even hear it from the players much. You know, recently, Umesh Yadav said uh, that they will consider the World Test Championship as a World Cup. Ajinkya Rahane has said it. Pujara has said it. So, I think all of the players are really looking forward to it. We obviously are looking forward to it. Um, it's something new. Uh, it's a one-off match, you know, which has so much riding on it. So, the excitement is definitely building and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Absolutely. And that's a, a brilliant segue into what we are going to be talking about for the next uh, part of the show which is our top 10 moments and you never know five years down the line or well not even five years in july the the result of the world test championship will be in the top 10 moments of indian cricket uh, but we'll have to wait and reserve judgment on that but we have got a top 10 that i've asked the guys to uh, rank in their opinion as to how they um, think of those moments in their minds and how uh, big a moment it was for them in Indian cricket. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it because I shared the, uh, the, the list yesterday and I, I did say uh, on the strict orders for both of them not to discuss. Uh, so I'm hoping a couple of the uh, choices might be a surprise to each other. 
So we'll see how that happens. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Prasanth. And um, for the viewers, we put up a little bit of a list, so we'll see how that progresses. But um, the way I'm going to do it is, Prasanth, if you can give me your 10 to 5, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. But if you just give me the rundown from your number 10 to your number 5. Yeah, so um, my number 10 is uh, the win was Australia in 97-98, uh, the 219 run win. Um, the one before that is uh, the win against West Indies, uh, uh, the first test series win in West Indies. Uh, so that's number eight. Number seven is the 2013 Champions Trophy win. Um, number six is the 1971 first test series win uh, against England. Um, and number five is the 2011 World Cup. Number five is already a big call there. I just need to, I think I've uh, missed one there while I was putting up the results of your call. So you had number 10, the series against the test series win against Australia in yep. 71. No, sorry. 78? 98, sorry. Yep. 98. Uh, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, give me a second. Uh, so number six is the uh, 2002 Northwest win, not, not the 11 World Cup. That's number five on my list. Okay, so let me just... I thought I missed something there, yeah. 2002 so, Northwest is number six. Okay, so let me just change that. And get this down here. So, at number five, you've got the 2011 World Cup win. Number six, yep. the NatWest Trophy win. Number seven, yep. the 71 Test victory against England. Number eight, the Champions Trophy win. Uh, number nine, the win against the West Indies, and number 10, the win against Australians, 97-98, was that right? Yes. Okay. Shashwat, how much do you disagree? Uh, <laughs> I have a few different, uh, uh, the numbering is a little different of the events, although the number 10 is pretty same, for that, the number 10 that was in a selection is the same for me as well. But after that, yeah, there are a few discrepancies, I would rather say. What have you got, number nine? Uh, so I've got the NatWest series final at number nine. Okay. Uh, then the India versus the England test series win away in 1971. Okay, number eight. Then I've then I've gotten the India versus England uh, Test win in 1952, which was our first Test victory. Okay. Then I've gone for the ICC Champions Trophy victory. Right. And should I give out number five as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so number five is the India versus Australia GABA test in 2021. Wow, okay. That's uh, another one, just like uh, both of your number five surprised me. Um, I'm going to start with yourself, uh, Prasanna, a bit of interrogation here. Um, why have you rated the 2011 World Cup in, not in your top five? The, the one we won at home with the, how can you forget that winning shot from MS? 
No, I absolutely can't. Uh, Ravi Shastri's uh, dialogue is obviously one of the biggest in Indian history. But um, I mean, I mean to be honest, I think the 2011 World Cup. Um, I mean, apart from the quarterfinal and uh, you know the way that we played in the final, um, obviously it was a big moment. But uh, we had already won the World Cup prior to that, so it was all about hoping to win at home. Uh, and obviously, it is a massive achievement. There's absolutely no doubt about it. First country to do that. But having said that, I feel the other five that are there. Um, when I come to that, I'll probably explain. Those five are a lot more um, important in terms of milestones. Um, so that's probably why I put the 2011 World Cup at number five on my list. And Sheshwat, with with yourself, the the win that's most recent in our memory in Australia this year, and you've put it at number five. Yes, so uh, my reasoning for that is pretty simple. So, firstly, obviously, it deserves to be in the top five because it was such a historic occasion. We breached the fortress, fortress that had not been breached for 28 years. But having said that, uh, the four that I have ahead of it, I have, a, I feel I have a few good reasons for placing them above the Indian Test victory at Brisbane. So, yeah, so it was more about uh, having to place some moment at number five, and that was what led me to put the GABA test victory at number five. Okay, we'll see if when we hear your top four, I mean, everybody will know from what I read out who those top four could be. But in terms of both of you, you did not think that, I mean, the obviously Ganguly is taking off his shirt is an iconic moment uh, because of what happened in the England tour with uh, Freddie Flintoff. And that was an incredible comeback win in the NatWest Trophy. But uh, Prasan, you ranked it at number six and Shashwat all the way down at number nine. Yeah, so for me, it was a very tough call to uh, switch five and six, I'll be honest, because uh, the 2002 World, um, I mean, Artwest uh, final obviously is a massive, massive win. Um, from the situation where we were in, obviously, uh, chasing 326 was something unprecedented. India had never done it before. Uh, in ever since they started playing ODIs, then obviously before that, Freddie Flintoff uh, removing his shirt and waving it all over uh, the stand at Wanke Day, and I mean obviously like the way Kaif and you know Yuvraj Singh sort of uh, put up that partnership, and in the end, um, Nasser Hussain making comments saying you know this guy is just a bus driver and all of that, <laughs> it certainly added a lot of weightage. Uh, you know, it gave a lot of points to needing to put the NatWest uh, Trophy final up there, but unfortunately, like I said, the other five uh, are a lot more important in terms of milestones. So uh, that's probably why I just rated the NatWest final at six. And Sheshwar, I'm just going to ask you to justify the win against England uh, in 71 at number eight. I thought that was an incredible moment, uh, considering uh, we'd just come back from the West Indies as well after that uh, memorable Calypso series. Uh, so according to me, I was really confused between the twin victories uh, that we had against England. The first test victory against them and the victory in 1971. So when you talk about the 1971 victory, I actually, because I was not born by that time, I had to do quite a lot of research to actually find out what all went behind that victory and the way. So for me, it was one of those victories where India told the world that we can win anywhere with our four spinners. Because at that point in time, Eknath Solkar, Venkat Raghavan, Bishan Singh Bedi and B.S. Chandrasekhar, these people were at the top of their games. And even in a country like England, we went in with four spinners and that just highlighted the amount of spin reserves we had and how good they were. And uh, obviously, it did not say a lot about the fast bowling battery that we had at that point in time, but still it was a good uh, 
it was a good sign that we could win in a country like England with four spinners leading our attack. So yeah. And isn't this the uh, is this a problem? Because when you look at that team, uh, Shashwat, you know, you looked uh, obviously Gavaska, Engineer. You mentioned uh, the the spinners that we had. We had Vishwanath in the batting. We had Abid Ali, Abbas Ali Beige, absolute legends uh, of uh, our cricket. But the modern day game is sort of overshadowing our moments, and that's why I picked up some from history. That, you know, we are not, like you said, I had to research, you had to research, but, you know, when you look at it, in my opinion, these are memorable moments in Indian cricket. But, um, you know, is it, are we, because of what's happening in the recent and the, and the incredible form that Indian cricket has been in for the past what, 10, 15 years, that these are now diminishing in terms of our top 10 list. And maybe if three, even three, four years down the line, they won't even make that list if somebody compiles it. But they should be there. That's my my thoughts. Uh, so yeah, so obviously these uh, moments actually set the platform for what wants to follow in Indian cricket. So obviously their value can't be diminished. It's just that uh, you become creatures of your experience, as they say, and you revolve. You always hold those memories closer to your heart that you've been able to witness firsthand, and, and those things just sort of. Uh, Edge themselves into your memory, and perhaps there could be a little bias that way. But then again, cricket back then and cricket now is a lot different. And I'm not taking anything away from the victories that we achieved back in 1971 or let's say 1952. It's just that for me, the other victories had slightly more significance from the way I looked at it. But I would not say that these victories weren't important because had these victories not come about back then, we would not have known Indian cricket as it is today. Absolutely. Uh, but the other one I wanted to ask you, Prasan, is both of you have got the ICC Champions Trophies in your bottom five. Um, Shashwat at six, Prasan all the way down at eight. Surely beating Pakistan in the final is always in the, one of the top uh, moments of Indian cricket. Yeah, and that's why the 20, uh, 2007 World Cup is way up where it should be. So, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I think uh, the, the Champions Trophy, it was just about, uh, you know, winning all three trophies. It was more about Tony than about um, India trying to win it, I guess, because at that point we had sort of established, uh, you know, that India was obviously a force to reckon with. Um, so, the 2003 Champions Trophy, in that sense, I don't think had much of an impact as much as the others did. And uh, that's, that's the only reason why I've sort of like, it's down the pecking order. Okay, fair enough. A uh, couple of surprises for me, uh, maybe for you two to carry on this uh, discussion and I'm um, sure your colleagues will um, also bring this up as well. Before we uh, get your top four, uh, the goal, first, second, third and fourth, um, I'm going to try something different that I mentioned at the start because, you know, like I said to all the viewers and listeners, we've got two absolute experts of Indian cricket on the show, uh, full of knowledge, and uh, I think it'd be a bit of remiss not to bring in a little bit of competition and test their knowledge and um, see, you know, uh, how they compete against each other in a quiz that they have no idea about. I did say I gave them a bit of a heads up in the sense that um, it would be about the IPL. Uh, but the way it's going to work is um, I'm going to give you a... Um, a final, and I want you to tell me the players that took part for in for those two teams in the final. You go one after the each other, 
the first one to get it wrong, that name a wrong player or repeat a name of a player, loses. And um, there will be a prize. There has to be a prize. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? But uh, apart from um, one, uh, you know, uh, bragging rights against the other. But there will be a prize coming all the way from England after. I think we'll make it a best of five. We'll see how many programs we can do with these quizzes until people, you say no more. Um, so we'll see what happens. Prasan, are you ready? Yes, I am. Sheshwat? Yes. Definitely. So, so I've added a bit of tension music. Now, I don't know if you can, um, let's see if we can make this work. I can't hear it though. Can you hear the bell? No. Okay. Well, the viewers will be. Okay. Let me reduce <laughs> this tension music that they'll be listening <laughs> on, on the podcast and on the uh, <coughs> live stream. So the names of the players I want is from the first ever IPL final, 2008. Uh, a yeah. bit of an advantage for Shashwat. His boys were there. Um, yep. But also we had... Prasen um, won't have a lot of advantage in a lot of cases. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely see. true. <laughs> and obviously they were playing the Royals uh, in that memorable first final. So Are we, are we supposed to go in order or how is it? So, Prasan, I'm going to start with you. You name a player that took part in that final, then Shashwat, and mm -hmm. then I'll come back to you until somebody gets it wrong or repeats a player. Is that all okay? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. So, this time... <laughs> as okay I'm, as it can be. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to play my I'm just gonna play my trump card and just start with the Royals because I think Shashwat's going to definitely name all the CSK players. So, we don't have to go in order anyway. <laughs> oh, all right, Prasant, give me a player that played in that final. Okay, so so one of the reasons why I know this guy is there is because he's probably played only one season at the IPL, and I'm going to go with Neeraj Patel. <laughs> wow, brilliant. See, when I was looking at this list, that's not a name that I remembered. Fantastic start. Um, Shashwat. <laughs> I'll go for Neeraj Patel's opening partner, Sopnil Asnodkar. Well... Viewers and listeners, this is what I meant when these guys know their cricket. These are players that, you know, I can't remember. Um, Prasan? I'm going to go a bit low down the order and say Shane won. I'll play it safe. <laughs> no CSK players here. Shashwat? Uh, so, one of the most maligned Pakistan players to have played in the IPL and someone who has dropped a lot of catches throughout his career, Kafran Asman. Brilliant. Yes. See, Prasant. Mr. MVP himself, Shane Watson. Yes. I have to double check there. Shashwat. I don't, I think he was the man of the match of this game as well. And another former Indian cricketer, Yusuf Patan. Absolutely correct. Yes. Are you are you just naming the Royals team? There is another team, another eleven players on this field as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm hoping for Prasant to go with the Royals lineup. Prasant, um, I, I'm gonna go with Jadeja. I think I, I don't think we mentioned Jadeja, did we? Correct. Shashwat? one of the greatest fielders India has ever seen, Mohammad Kef. 
you know what, I might need to find a, a tiebreaker at this rate because you guys are going much, much further. Why am I not surprised? Prasan? Um, I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite Pakistan bowlers. Um, unfortunately, he didn't play much, but I'll say Sohail Tanvir. 6-14, Sohail Tanvir. <laughs> Shashwat? In, in, he was part of India's 2011 World Cup winning squad, Munaf Patel. I hope you guys have got the internet in front of you. I should have uh, made <laughs> no. as part of the rules as well. This is incredible. Um, Prasan? Let's see. So, so we interviewed him for Sportskeeda once and that's probably why I remember. But uh, Siddharth Trivedi. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my goodness me. You have to I'm... now, I have to say, you. Um, I can't give you clues, but there is a whole other team on this that you've not mentioned. Shashwat? I, I, I'm 100% sure Shashwat's going to get like every single name in that team. So, I just had to like Patel. go safe. Brilliant. Yes. Prasan? Hmm. I'll just play it safe. MS Dhoni. <laughs> ah, he must have been there. Of course. Shashwat? Suresh Naina? Hmm. Yeah. I'll be Markel. Wow. <coughs> Shashwat? I still remember this guy was brought in as a replacement and at that time there were quite a few rumours doing the rounds that this particular cricketer would be Kevin Peterson but in the end it turned out to be Chamara Kapu Gedra, the Sri Lankan middle order batsman. So. How do you guys... Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> What's that? I'm going to go with uh, CSK's local hero, Mr. Subramaniam Badrinath. Oh, legend. Didn't do so well for RCB though, unfortunately. Yeah, we we never play anyone in that position, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> Makaya LTV. Hmm. Lakshmi Badi Balaji. I thought this was going to be very, very hard, but obviously I'm going to have to step up my game for the next one. Um, <laughs> I think you said Balaji there, Prasan. Yeah, yeah I did. I said Lakshmi Badi Balaji. Shashwat? Uh... Muthaya Yes, the legend. There was, I think, I, I think one more bowler. Uh, why? So, so he played in this legend series. I just can't remember his name in my head. Oh wait, uh, man, that guy belted the ball all over the place as well. Uh, oh, Manpreet Goni. He found it. He found it. It was in the back of his mind and he got there. I was like, Dhoni, Dhoni, Dhoni. No, no, no. Not Dhoni, not Dhoni. <laughs> Shashwat, before I have to find a tiebreaker because you guys have been incredible with this. So, this, this guy opened the batting for CSK. I think he's only played one season for them. S. Vidyut. Left-handed opening batsman. Sorry, who was that? S. Vidyut. I think it's Sivaramakrishnan. Sivaramakrishnan. Yes, Sivaramakrishnan. I thought, I can't believe he got the last one wrong. Wow, boys. I mean, <laughs> I thought this would be difficult going all the way back to 2008. And um, people might be asking, have they got the internet? And Shashwat, you can confirm you're not looking at the internet. Yeah, Shashwat. I can totally confirm. 2008, the 2008 final, final still six, six, Nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Wow. Well, I have to do a, a tiebreaker here and um, I'm going to ask you 
um, a question, and it will be the one that's got the nearest. Basically, who do you think won the Purple Cap that year? Which yeah. I knew you would get that. <laughs> so <laughs> he was my favorite bowler, so I had. <laughs> so how many wickets do you think he took? Twenty-eight. 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 Prasant Shashwat. Twenty-three. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness! He got twenty-two. Shashwat gets the yeah. first closer. in yep. this incredible. Quiz that I oh my goodness, absolutely brilliant, guys. Absolutely, uh, I'm speechless. I, I can't afford to be speechless, but I am in the sense <laughs> that you got pretty every single player, you knew the purple cap winner, and uh, Shashwat, <laughs> for you, you're only one away. Fantastic, my friend, you're one nil up in this, and you've got the bragging rights for this week, um, against Prasan. To be um, fair, I think Shashat guessed like a, a lot more harder, I mean, harder names than I did. I just went like... Yeah, I should have actually said the easier names first because then that would have forced you to say the harder ones at the end. But one of the things, and uh, you mentioned that, uh, that he was one of your favourite bowlers. You know, when I was looking back and trying to find this is, you know, how surprised I was that uh, we have players from Pakistan present in this uh, IPL. You know, like the Kamran Akmal and Sohel Tanvir just for in the final itself. It just, you know, you, it fades in the memory that we had Pakistani players playing the IPL sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, we've had really good ones as well. Um, RCB had Misbaul Haq, we had Shoy Bakhtar playing for KKR, we had Mohammad Hafiz, Yunus Khan, Kamran Akmal, so many good players. Shai Afridi, of course, how can I forget? And Shoy Malik Shoy playing Malik. for the Delhi Daredevil. So, we've had quite a few good players. I think um, it's really unfortunate that the political tensions and the, or the relations have uh, stop uh, Pakistan players from featuring the IPL. Otherwise, now I, I don't think you'd see anyone stop comparing Babar Azam and Virat mm. Kohli uh, if he were to play in the IPL or if he were to even play for CSK. I think that would have been the icing. Can on the you cake. imagine? <laughs> wow, those two coming up against each other. Oh, wow. The other one, uh, Shashwat, for, for me was, you know, because I've always seen him in, in a yellow shirt apart from those couple of seasons when CSK went playing, is Ravi Javija playing for the Royals. I, you know, another something else I've forgotten from um, you think is recent memories, 2008 after all, but uh, he won that tournament thing for the Royals as well. Yeah, he was turned by Shane Vaughan as a rock star, and that was the first time the general population of India had heard about him. For the cricket watching population, he had already done pretty well in the under 19 World Cup. He was part of the same team which which achieved victory in the final against South Africa, if I'm not wrong. I think the South African team had Wayne Parnell, JJ Smuts, these people at the time, and Virat Kohli was leading the Indian team. So, actually, quite a lot of uh, players from that particular team have made their India debuts. If you talk about uh, Siddharth Kohl was also part of that squad. Ravindra Jadeja was part of that squad. Manish Pandey, Saurabh Tiwari, Virat Kohli. So, yeah, so that was when people actually came to know that Jadeja could be an international quality all-rounder. Perhaps that has aged well. Well, it, it certainly has. And um, it's just you know, reminiscing when I was looking at the list of likes of uh, Murali were playing in the IPL. And obviously, I remember Balaji bowling and you guys, um, you know, remember Badrinath. And it was just good to bring those sort of memories back and you forget some of these players that used to play and Yusuf Pratan, I mean, what an impact he had, uh, Prasan, when he broke into the team um, through the IPL as well. 
yeah i think he uh, he even scored like a 56 or something close to that and even th- uh, took three wickets um i mean in that final so he was obviously a standout player for them um, I-, i think that's why he was given a very very good um, uh, welcome into the indian team as well um, you know g- given how he performed so it was no surprise uh, unfortunately i think he didn't get as many games as he would have liked um, or even that he didn't perform as well as he would have liked but yusuf patan was one of those amazing talents you know pretty much what kiran pollard does for west indies uh but just the only difference is one guy bowls uh, medium pace and the other guy bowls spin so yusuf patan was a magnificent talent i think um, he was he was heralded as one guy who could really turn around india's fortunes and to be fair i think he did play quite a few uh, important knocks but unfortunately he couldn't make the most of uh, the talent that he had i think yeah certainly when he broke through shashwat i remember this is a player that we don't normally produce he was quite unique amongst indian players at that time uh yeah so i feel somewhere down the line there was uh, some uh, so whenever yusuf patan approached games i don't think his approach was as it should have been for international standard pictures because you talk about all of his great innings have always come when the team has literally no hope and there isn't a lot of pressure on him whenever he's had to just go and swing he's come up with the results but when the team has actually needed him to perform or needed him to finish off an innings whether it be batting first or batting second he always came up a little short so yes that feeling will remain that he was someone whose potential was not fulfilled but uh, as far as his chances are considered i don't think we could have given him any more chances considering that uh rohit sharma potentially was also fighting for a similar position we had suresh raina could also bowl could also bat you had yuvraj singh coming towards the end of his career meaning that he bowled a lot more a lot more than he bowled at the start of his career so i think there were few combination of factors that ultimately led to the world not seeing enough of yusuf patan 100% agree yeah uh, it was an incredible talent that didn't make the most of it but i've learned a few things from this quiz one i've been proven right in terms of your incredible knowledge i am still thinking about how you guys got these names uh wow okay the other thing i've learned is um, i need to step up my game um because i thought this was really hard but just shows so um be prepared for next week and the third thing was i enjoyed it i enjoyed reminiscing some of the players that you know we don't talk about now because you know it's 2008 but um, it was good to hear from you guys uh, some of the stories behind uh, some of these legends and um the fact that you know we had um, the talent from pakistan playing in the ipl at that time as well so fantastic brilliant thank you guys hope you enjoyed it um we are now going to come to the final part of the show which is to complete the guys top 10 uh, list and um i'm going to come to you first shashwat uh, sorry prasan you came first so let's go with yourself in who's number 4 for you um so the 1952 uh, first test win is number 4 um follow i mean number 3 is the 2021 win against australia um number 2 is the 2007 world cup and number 1 is obviously the 1983 world cup but um i mean more than all of that i think um india's win through bhuvan's batting and bowling in lagan was probably the best indian win that i have ever come across <laughs> which was your number one I, i forgot i'm just taking in the lagan bit 83 world cup 83 world cup 83 world cup was your number one uh, choice and what was number two uh t- 2007 world cup t20 world cup t20 world cup yeah. okay not the 50 over one yeah <laughs> that was clearly not and number three uh 
Uh, number three is the 2021 win, the fourth Australia test win, or rather the series either. Okay. Uh, so, what, your number four? so my number four was uh, India's first test victory over the West Indies in 1971. The series where Sunil Gavaskar made his debut. Absolutely. Quite a great. Number three. Number three. Number three is the T20 World Cup. Okay. Uh, number two is the 1983 World Cup victory. That's number two for you. Okay. Yes. So obviously the 2011 World Cup has to be at the top. Wow. Okay. So already I can see a couple of similarities, uh, but the differences in number one and number two. Prasant, why did 83 mean so much to you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's fair enough to say that I, I obviously wasn't born. Uh, I was born like 14 years after that World Cup happened. But uh, for all that's happened in the, for all that happened in the World Cup, you know, um, I think there's a very interesting story of how Shrikant, Krishnamarit Shrikant had booked his flight tickets for his honeymoon. And um, we're just hoping to have sort of a stopover and, uh, you know, he'd carry on for his honeymoon. But he had to go back with the team to India and obviously celebrate that win and he told Kapil Dev apparently that he has to pay for all his tickets. But <laughs> India India took part in the 75-79 World Cup and uh, they, they could just pick up one win. Uh, and in the 83 World Cup, you know, first they beat West Indies in the opening match, then, you know, they made it all the way to the final and they didn't even score much. It was just 183 that they scored um, against that formidable... Overs. Yeah, absolutely, in 60 overs and against that formidable West Indies batting unit. Um, and for all that's uh, spoken about uh, Kapil Dev's catch to remove Viv Richards, I think I think that was what uh, made India believe that cricket can be a religion. A lot of uh, youngsters wanted to become like Kapil Dev, wanted to become like so many of the cricketers that uh, we've seen. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, I think I was very, very tempted to take the 2011 World Cup in my top three. Um, I mean, considering recent bias and all of that, but I feel the 83 World Cup really changed what cricket meant for India overall. So, that's why 83 World Cup is number one for me. Can't argue with anything you said there, but I might be able to argue with what Shashwat says. 2011 <laughs> World Cup ahead of the 83 World Cup win. Explain yourself. Yes, so quite a lot of different factors. So, firstly, uh, the 1983 World Cup, we played the entirety of the tournament as underdogs. So, we didn't really have a lot of pressure. In 2011, <laughs> let me tell you, there was a lot of pressure. Every, every time India came out to bat or came out to bowl, the only feeling among the billions of people back home was that India just needed to win that World Cup. So, for them to actually come through that pressure, in front of 50, 60 odd thousand people at the Van Kede chasing 275 when no other team previously had won a World Cup at home was something that was just unimaginable. So that, that is one of the primary reasons. Secondly is because with the 2011 World Cup, a cycle ended for Indian cricket. So a cycle that had started with, let's say, the 2007 World Cup and how how we were dumped out acrimoniously by, by Bangladesh. So after that, Greg Chappell went then Dhoni was handed over the leadership reins a few months later. Then during that phase, India also became the top-ranked test side. So for that very cycle, the World Cup victory was something that adorned that journey completely. And it also sort of told everyone that you can bounce back within a cycle of four years. And that is something that most teams have done since. So India basically provided a blueprint. So if you look at 
Australia and how they performed in 2011. A lot of people had written them off after 2011, saying that they won't enjoy another period of world domination. But then they came up at the 2015 World Cup and then were simply unbeatable. Similarly, you look at England. You look at how they were at the 2015 World Cup and how they won the 2019 World Cup on boundary counter, irrespective of however they won it at the end. But just the transformation of England from the side that was dumped out by Bangladesh to the side that was so aggressive was such a breath of fresh air throughout the tournament in 2019. So I just feel that 2011 victory had a lot to do for Indian cricket and for world cricket as a whole. And of course, it also solidified MS Dhoni's status as the best leader in the world at that point in time. I can't argue with any of what you said, but I have to because I went with 83. But my only question to you, Shashwat, is did you think did do you agree that the 83 win was when Indian cricket changed? Yes, I do agree with it that uh, the 1983 World Cup changed a lot of things for the Indian team. But then again, I'd like to come back. So the 10 the 10 moments that you singled out, if given if I were given a choice, I would also probably put the 1985 Benson and Hedges World Championship victory yes. over the 1983 victory for one simple reason is because by 1985 everyone knew what India was capable of. Everyone knew what India were going to do. We weren't an unknown commodity anymore. So to perform when everybody has worked you out, that takes some doing. And that is why I have rated the 2011 World Cup a little higher because at that point in time, India were the team to beat. And for you to be the team to beat, that to add home and then to come through unscathed is probably tip the scales for me. Yeah, I was thinking of adding that World Championship of cricket, but I thought it's just uh, white ball focused and I needed to add a a uh, few uh, test matches in there that was just as memorable and just as important. And um, I remember, I think um, we beat Pakistan in the final there, so it should be in the top 10. And like I said at the start, this top 10 is, you know, just uh, an opinion. There's going to be other moments that people will share with us that should be. And I think you've just point, quite rightly pointed out one there. Uh, two that, um, that you both had in your top uh, five was the T20 World Cup. And similar to 83, we were going into that tournament with uh, little or no chance and um, came away with an incredible life-changing moment for a lot of players, uh, Prasan. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's fair to mention that we had played literally one T20 match before that against South Africa and in that match, Vitendra Seva captain the side. So, um, you know, for, for India to, to come into the tournament with almost little to no match practice, uh, that match happened back in 2006 and, uh, you know, for Dhoni to lead a side... Obviously, all the talk was around how he wanted youngsters, how he wanted the um, oldies, if you put it that way, out of the team. And uh, he wanted to usher, usher in a new India of sorts. For him to pull off uh, what he did, it was nothing less than a heist because T20 cricket was uh, pretty much an unknown commodity at that time. Not a lot of people knew what it meant. And for India to win that tournament, I think that's what really started uh, MS Dhoni's ascendancy to one of the world's best captains. Because until then, obviously, there was nothing to speak about. But that 2007 uh, World T20 win that came about, you know, people knew that this is the India they needed to focus on. Um, MS Dhoni was going to be one for the future. I think the way he led this side was fantastic. And that's probably why it's number two on my list because the only reason I picked it second and not first is because of uh, because 1983 World Cup changed the outlook of cricket in India. The 2011 uh, World Cup uh, changed what limited overs cricket meant to India. So that's why it's number two on my list. Yeah, and um, obviously beating Pakistan, as always, uh, yeah. <laughs> makes it even more memorable. 
Um, so sort of just to end, um, we, we can't not talk about it, the 71 Calypso series, uh, the rise of uh, SMG, um, incredible series that he had. And I don't know if it was his debut series abroad or, but um, I'm glad you made that into your top four as well. Uh, yeah, so one of the primary reasons, of, uh, I was very confused between the test victory at Brisbane in 2021 and this particular test series victory. But the only reason I put this one a little above the GABA one was because at this point in time, West Indies were looked upon as that side which was invincible. They had uh, great bowlers everywhere. They had batsmen everywhere. I think Sir Garfield Sobers was the captain during that series. So they had literally every base covered as opposed to, let's say, a team like Australia in 2021. So probably that made the victory a lot sweeter, even though in 2021 we had a lot more injuries to contend with. But still, to go out and beat uh, West Indies, that too, at Port of Spain is perhaps a little higher and just for that very reason. Because prior to that, not a lot of teams thought that they could beat the West Indies in West Indies. And post that, uh, so 12 years later, we repeated that feat in England when we beat them twice to win the 1983 World Cup and probably the foundations were set back in 1971 itself. Yeah, and I'm just reading the batting lineup of India, Ashok Mankad, Sunil Gavaskar, Salim Durrani, Dilip Sardesai, Ajit Varekar, Eknath Solkar, Sai David Ali, Srinivas Venkatravan, uh, Krishnamurti, Prasanna, Bedi, absolute legends of the cricket. Just when you mention those names, it just brings something it tingles in, in, on your body, doesn't it, uh, Prasant? Just li listing that lineup. Forget the West Indies lineup. Our lineup was legendary when you look back. Yeah, well, to be completely honest with you, I started following cricket only back in, I think, 2009, 2010. Um, I obviously, uh, uh, you know, remember watching the 2007 uh, D20 World Cup, but um, I, I've obviously been through this phase where my grandpa would sit me down and, you know, he'd tell me all these beautiful stories of how. Uh, Indian cricket was, uh, you know, probably in turmoil until a certain point in time. And then after the World Cup, or even with these test wins that happened, you know, Indian cricket really saw uh, an interest garner in some sense among the fans. So, uh, it's all beautiful, you know. Obviously, unfortunately, we couldn't watch it. Or rather, I couldn't watch it. Um, so, to sort of uh, hear these stories of how beautiful it was to hear it firsthand, uh, from some of the players through their interviews it is magnificent and um, to see how much Indian cricket has grown you know I think at this stage uh, no one can think of beating the Indian uh, cricket team very easily um, mm. that's pretty much the reason why I put that 2021 uh, win against Australia at number three because we went in with probably our third string side fourth string side I don't even know what it is yeah. uh, no one even mentioned Kohli at the end of that uh, test series they didn't even care that he wasn't there it was all about India. It was all about how players could take the opportunity and grow. So, that's where India is right now. And for us to sort of live that journey through the uh, through the words of our elders, through them telling us how the matches were, I think it's simply magnificent. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the recent test win, Shesla uh, Dalit, number five, absolutely agree, needs to be in the top five moments. But um, it was an incredible uh, series and an incredible test. And um, it just goes to show, you know, um, when you list that name in a few years' time, people will be thinking about those players, just like I've been reminiscing about the uh, 71 test side against the West Indies. Well, guys, you know, it's been a different sort of a show. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. You know, I certainly have. Uh, so I'm just being selfish here and say um, it's been fantastic speaking to both of you again. And uh, Sheshwat, uh, you, you go away with the glory today. 
Um, but I will raise my standards and Prasan, you'll have your chance to uh, see if you can level up against uh, um, Shashwat. But guys, um, thank you so much as always. It's been a, a kind phone by for me. But um, Shashwat, uh, stay safe, my friend. And um, thank you for your time today. And hopefully we'll catch up with you next week. Prasan, stay safe and um, have a brilliant week, both of you. Thanks a lot, Thank Bharat. I think so uh, this is fantastic. To be honest, it, it really gave me an opportunity to go back and look at matches that I, uh, you know, didn't even know. You know, it, it went on so well, sort of going back in history and learning about all of that. Hopefully, if next time you bring up some RCB stats, I can challenge Shashwat. <laughs> but well done. I think it was a fantastic uh, round and really spiced up things. So, thank you so much. This was great fun. Uh, I mean, if you want RCB stats, I'm going to be struggling because... Um... <laughs> Especially if I'm looking at teams from the finals and things like that. No, no, I'm only joking. Uh, we'll find we'll find something that's uh, related to Karnataka uh, and your part of the world. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Uh, take care, like I said, and stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's Thanks, been a pleasure. Bye-bye.